Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion, theater, and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. I'm Amanda Carestio. And I'm Kate Seinard. Today on the podcast, we're diving into a little something scary, sewing budgets. Mm. (laughs) Then we'll share a little something in our Sojo segment, then we'll answer a listener question. But before we begin, how's everybody doing today? Well, I am doing great, and I'm also really, really excited because (gasps) we can finally talk about... Our socation. Yes. Yay. Oh my gosh. I know. It's been so exciting. So hard to keep this under wraps. Mm-hmm. And now we can finally share what we've been working on. Um, it is a sewing vacation happening this April in Boulder, Colorado. There's so much fun things happening for this event, including lots of sewing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's like you know some yoga, kind of sewing, yes. you know, sip cocktails and sewing movies, and we're doing a live sew and tell podcast recording, which I'm so excited about. I think that's going to be so much fun. I have no idea what to expect. No but idea. I do know I need to make some like fancy sewing themed pajamas. That's on my list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, this is, I, Boulder is so pretty. I worked there for many years and I went to school there actually as well. Um, It's, oh, it's such a beautiful town and uh, it's going to be at one of my favorite hotels. It was the uh, number two on the list of where my wedding was going to be actually. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. It was, it was, uh, it was really in contention. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just super, super excited to spend some time in a historical hotel with some really cool people and a sewing machine. Uh Yes. It's going to be, I haven't, I mean, there've been only a few times that I've like stayed away from my family and kids in a hotel. And let me tell you, as a mom, that is like, <laughs> like just that part alone. I am like, yes, like a whole bed to myself. Oh, and yeah. like <laughs> No one waking me up in the middle of the night and even the dog, like letting her out in the middle of the night. Like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. I am so excited. Um, if you are interested in getting more details, um, those are live now on our site. It's sodaily.com slash events. And yes, come join us and sew and connect and get inspired. And we have um, Meg is teaching a class. And we also have mm-hmm. Adriana Apple of Hey June Handmade. There oh, goes you, the dog barking. Even Violet's excited. She's like, she's no, so excited. Mom, don't go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who will let me out in the middle of the night, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and this is such a perfect topic to this episode about sewing budgets so you can save for your sewcation. <laughs> ah, absolutely. Now that's, that was an A plus segue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that that might be the best yet. <laughs> well, let's begin our conversation then. Uh, today, as Meg mentioned, we are going to talk about a subject that I actually actively try to avoid, sewing budgets. (laughs) We'll talk intentions, good habits and bad, and what actually happens in reality. Are y'all ready? Why am I so nervous? (laughs) I'm so nervous. (laughs) I'm I'm just so glad that we're talking about this when I'm um, in my separate, like, um, studio of the door so Julian doesn't have to hear me talk about how, how much of the bass I spent on sewing. You can just be like, there was no episode this week, Julian. Yeah, no. Don't listen to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. He doesn't listen anyway. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, I think there are so many ways to kind of come at this topic, but I'm just going to kind of go through the list of like, I, when I was putting together these questions, I was thinking about what I spend the most money on. And I think for me, the real biggie um, is a fabric budget. Oh yeah, um, that is where I tend to do my the most damage. Um, and I was curious, how do you approach this? Do you have a dollar amount per month or per year that you um, that you stick to, or are you more of like a batch buyer when it comes to fabric and you buy 
in a big amount and then go for a little bit of time until you buy your next big amount. What are, what are your habits? Have they changed over the years? I'm curious. So my confession is that I never really think very much about budgets when I'm mm-hmm. doing sewing stuff. Um, I try, I try to keep, I try to keep things reasonable. Um, you know, I, when I go to like an exciting store, it's like, all right, let's try to keep it under like $50 or something. And if I'm going out for specific fabric for a specific project, then I usually have some idea because I do some pre-research about what I can expect to spend. Um, but I don't, I don't have like specific limits. If there's something where I'm like, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to make this month, then, you know, I, I have like a, I have a mental limit in my head. I don't actually know what the number is, but there's somewhere where I'm like, nope, too much. Um, uh-huh. And yeah. so I just kind of try to stay under that. And I try not to, I try not to buy too much fabric without having a plan for it, even if the plan maybe mm. never quite happens, she says, looking up at her stash. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> and yeah, uh, right. You can see. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> no plans for any of these. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I usually, yeah, I just usually try to keep it in whatever my brain thinks is reasonable for what I'm buying. And I try not to buy fabric unless it's for a specific project. And because I sew, for example, much slower than Amanda does, um, that's usually fine for me because I don't, I don't need to have new fabric every like two days. <laughs> I'm teasing you with love. Yeah, no, I can handle it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think that things have really changed for me over the years. I think as I, I used to sew a lot more. I actually, in 2021, I did not sew a ton of stuff um, and in 2022, I don't have a huge list or anything, but I used to have like just a running like cart on fabrics.com. Just I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Ooh, I want to look for pro- like fabric for that and just add it to the cart, you know, just kind of a more of a wish list. Um, cause I just, I had a lot more plans. I think I had a lot more specific wardrobe needs than I do now. So I find my, I've, I've found that I've kind of switched more to like letting the fabric guide me and, um, you know, and being inspired by the fabric rather than like going out with something, um, specific in mind. But I also, um, I think that I don't have a set amount now anymore either. I used to have a pretty strict like $40 a month limit for myself. Um, but I, I, I think I've gone, I probably always went above and beyond that because I find that with sewing, it's just really easy to justify it because it brings me so much joy. It's my creative outlet. It's not, it doesn't feel the same as like buying the finished product that I'm Mm going to make, which just Mm -hmm. feels like buying a shirt. I don't know. It doesn't feel indulgent, but it just feels different than buying fabric to make a shirt for some reason that I can't quite explain. Um, I also have internal rules for myself because I don't count thrifted or like secondhand fabric in my totals because usually I'm not spending very much. (laughs) Um, and I'm, it just doesn't count. And I also, I don't really count notions in that. Like elastic and, um, whatever, whatever I thread, like I I don't, but sometimes that stuff is pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, so I should probably count it. Um, but I've also, I mean, I've been through, um, I've been through moments as a mom with three kids paying for daycare when my, when my, um, budget was very limited when it came Mm -hmm. to sewing and fabric was, fabric was the thing that was, that was definitely the most expensive. So, that is a very long way of saying that right now I'm not, I don't think I have a per month. I think I'm buying more in batches. Um, and a lot of times I'll do it for like, I'll spend my 
birthday gift card on fabric uh, or my uh-huh. Christmas gift card on fabric. And then got like two points during the year when I'm buying like kind of a stack of fabric uh, for the next season. So um, definitely kind of all over the place now though. I'm, I'm right. And I think, and then I'll stop. I promise. I think through the <laughs> pandemic too, I think I, I ordered a lot of fabric online. Oh yeah. Same. It was like therapy, like we talked about this, like having something on the way was Instant just- Instant gratification. Yeah. Even when you press like, yeah. Ah! <laughs> and then it's like, you're like, get a little high from being like, well, oh, yeah. ooh, something, it might come today. Like, oh, I know. It, when literally nothing else in your life was happening and you weren't ever leaving the house and, you know, through um, through all of that. So yeah, fabric, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's a tricky one for me. Yeah, it just- it just makes you feel so good. The whole process of even shopping for it, waiting for it to get in. And then like, just look, sometimes I just like stare at all my fabric and I just think of all the possibilities and I touch and I bring things out again. And like, I just, it's like, that's my huge budget killer for sure. But it's only been in the past couple of years. I very rarely spent my own personal money on fabric. And even just doing a lot of personal sewing outside of work. It's only kind of really happened during the pandemic where I was online fabric shopping for personal projects Mm -hmm, and it was just mm -hmm. for me. And that's when it just exploded, like exploded. I just discovered how easy it was to online shop and all the awesome businesses that were, that, um, that have been coming up in the past years of the availability of, you know, just nicer fabrics, more eco-friendly fabrics, which are more expensive. And I just feel like fabric has just gotten so much more expensive than when I, you know, even when I was in college fabric shopping, I feel like I hadn't even heard of things being priced per like half yard. And like, yeah, you know, that's sometimes tricky. It's, uh, it's yeah. Sometimes still so heartbreaking. You look at it, you're like, wow, that's, and then you're like, oh no, it's a half yard or some, mm-hmm. I think it's like a quarter yard yes, price. Me too. <laughs> so it's only now, yeah, now that, you know, um, having more, you know, financial obligations and we, you know, we have to get a car that I really actually had to take a step back and even think about a fabric budget. But in the, you know, since getting the house and all that, um, I only buy fabric that's on sale. If if it's on sale, then, you know, I've been embracing like a buy one, get three, you know, three free, um, some yardage and stuff, but I really need to, yeah, just get on a budget. And I think that thrifted fabrics don't count too. I just had an amazing thrifting haul. I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram stories, I did a huge thrift haul and I found so much awesome awesome fabric. And I think like, I think I'm just going to really hit the, like the thrift stores for some, yes. you know, uh, cool fabric options. Um, I don't want to wipe out the whole city, but like, I need to limit myself to not even go there too, too often, but I definitely need to think about a sewing fabric, you know, a fabric budget because it's just, um, yeah, it's just not fun to think about. It was more no. fun. <laughs> Wait, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know. know how much I've spent. Um, yeah. on fabric. Mm-hmm. I did go to my first estate sale uh, oh. this past year and got a bunch of fabric. I got a big haul and I think I spent maybe $40 and got like, I don't know, 20 yards of fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working my way through it. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting because I was thinking about this in relation to other hobbies. Like, right. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like anything that involves like you know, a physical, like a material, mm-hmm. like knitting and crochet and quilting, like you kind of have to keep buying to keep yeah. going with it. And to, I don't know, at some point it becomes its own hobby of buying fabric yeah. and it's like your own way. Like, even if you're not sewing a lot, maybe you're buying fabric for future projects mm-hmm. and that's how you're kind of interacting with your craft. Yeah. But, you know, and as I've kind of ventured into other hobbies that don't require purchases along the way I've I've been like but don't I need to purchase stuff it's it's weird it's weird I'm like how many sets of skate wheels do I need probably not that many but Mm -hmm. I I think sewing has conditioned me to like have the consumption as part of the hobby which I don't know how to feel about like you know a good and bad there for sure yeah Mm -hmm. interesting 
Yeah, very interesting. Scrapbooking um, too. I remember I took up scrapbooking for a little did bit. You? And it's just yeah, I got in three three pages. Uh, I still have <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do a dance a dance one to try and um just remember all like my dance days when I was little, you know, through all through all the levels and that those stuff that adds up too. Yes, yes for there's sure. a lot of little um, just hobbies in general. I think it's definitely hard to budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another kind of sewing investment and talk about new patterns. Um, what are your habits there? Do you have a budget? Is it more of a when inspiration strikes kind of thing? How do you approach it? Well, for me, it's, uh, it's very much like, oh, I like that pattern. I think I'll buy it, but that doesn't happen to me that often. <laughs> I'm kind of picky about my... I'm kind of picky about my uh, style and and things, and I get a lot of recommendations mm-hmm. from you guys and pick up some stuff. Um, sometimes we'll get some stuff from designers, and we don't necessarily have to pay for it. And uh, <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, we'll make things through the magazine that I'll pick up. So I probably mm-hmm. I probably don't spend more than forty dollars a year on patterns. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not a problem for me. Um, fabric is a bit of a problem, but, but patterns just aren't, I like, Mm -hmm. I like to remake stuff. If I find something I like, I remake it a lot. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge pattern impulse buyer. And for me, it's like, you know, like buying digital patterns, it's not a huge financial, um, you know, hit and especially Indie pattern. I have no problem supporting indie yes. pattern design. Like it doesn't feel good about uh, that. Yeah. And I know like, and I just know something when I see it for myself of I'm, you know, gonna, gonna love it and sew it a lot and, and wear it. So, and it's truly like, like a pattern purchase. It's, it lives on forever. You can print it off again and remake it again and again, where a fabric, it's like, it's gone. Yeah. Like you don't get that same thrill. Like if, you know, remaking a pattern in a different way, it's just not the same thrill. So like, I don't have like a budget or, um, anything on, on patterns, but I do definitely, if I, if I see one, I'll instantly purchase it and print it. And then it stays printed for about four months and then I'll (laughs) (laughs) I'll dial it. Very rare. I do like all in one day. (laughs) I I'm, I'm either the exact same way or I am super hesitant and I will research it and oh, interesting. wait for other people to sew it and check out the hashtag and then finally decide to go ahead and do it. But when I do it, I sew it because I've been thinking about it for a oh, while and like the intention is there. But I also like it's either that or I'm like you, like it launches, I buy it. It's uh-huh. done and it sits there. Like yeah. that's, um, but I, I also too, I think through the pandemic, I, there were definitely some patterns that came out that I, I bought more impulsively because it was yeah. just like the next new thing. And, yeah. um, but I think you're right. Like, I, I think I feel slightly better about supporting indie pattern companies. Like it just feels good. So yeah. it's not something that I, you know, really, ponder too much. It's more of a question of like, am I actually going to use this? Do I actually need it? Um, kind of a thing, but I don't buy a ton of patterns anymore. Um, I'm more, I'm probably buy like, mm, I'd say like five to 10 a year. That's, that's really, yeah. And 10, I don't think I've done that in quite a while. So, um, Let's talk a little bit about sewing classes um, and workshops. Do you do you budget those into your yearly calendar, or are they more of a you see something interesting pop up and you kind of make room for it on your budget? For me, that second one, um, I don't. I don't take a lot of. I don't talk, take a lot of classes. I'm more likely to be teaching them actually. Um, so I don't, I mean, it's not, gosh, I can't even remember the last time I took a sewing class, especially one that I didn't basically pick up for free because it was through Sew News. So, uh, yeah, that's not really part of my sewing budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Cause there's so much great, like I, um, like I watch a lot of like sewing, you know, um, 
things on YouTube because I like an inst- I like a short. I think I like things in a neat little, um, like a quick tip type of thing. I I'm actually dreading. I am taking and starting driver's ed this weekend, and that's mm-hmm. an online video like workshop for like five hours for like four Sundays. And so I'm kind of, I can't just skip ahead to like get to the point like I do in a sewing video. Mm -hmm. So, but I do love video workshops for other things that I feel like I'm pretty well versed in. So like sewing, I would like to learn new skills, but, uh, I would never budget for like a sewing specific workshop, but more like I would totally take like a cooking workshop. I would take, Mm -hmm. I would probably even take like a knitting workshop because I'm just so, um, so curious and I don't know, but yeah. So I, I haven't really budgeted for those. I'll yeah. check everything on, you know, um, free resources on YouTube and even on Instagram and, you know, TikTok quick tips. I've been saving so many on Instagram into my collection. These, I think, cause I've been engaging with them so often, these like little, um, reels and stuff. Yeah. from So like just these, it's just a sewing machine, these quick little tips that I, that I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have taken some sewing classes. They've mostly been at like sewing events that I'm attending, like as a professional representative mm-hmm. of Sew News uh-huh. and Sew Daily. And I always forget how inspiring those are. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I love that about sewing because I think like you can never know it all. And That's even true. if you're taking, like I I took um, Sergers 101 with Katrina Walker on Sew Daily recently. And even though that was like mostly review for me, there were some great tips that yeah. like, you know, I probably never learned the exact right way to do this or you're getting someone else's perspective on how to do it. Um some of my favorite classes I've taken in the past were more like surface design type classes and fabric mm. printing. And like, there's mm-hmm. so much there that um, I think is really inspiring and fun in like a workshop setting. So I haven't, I haven't done much recently other than take classes on sodaily.com. Yeah. Um, which I do get for free. So I'm, you know, not investing quite as much um, of my personal resources into that. But I have, I've been taking workshops uh, for skating for the past year. And that's really, I, I've been thinking a lot about kind of the workshop mode and skating and like what could maybe work for the sewing community? Cause there's tons, it's very part, it's very much a part of the community. And also there's a lot of like zoom one-on-one things you can do through the skate community where you like work directly with someone. And I'm like, I wonder why we don't see more of that on the sewing side. Um, yeah. so, so I think it's it's definitely, um, I think both as a teacher and as a student, there's probably more I could do. And again, like I, I always forget how inspiring those classes are. Like you just always pick up new little tips. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. So um, what about um, memberships and subscriptions? I mean, obviously... We work for So News and CME magazine subscriptions, and there's also um, our So Daily TV subscription. Um, I can't say that much, you know, beyond that. I'm I'm committing to on a monthly basis. How about y'all? Nope. In the past week, I actually got a, a Seamwork subscription. Oh, cool. Yeah, I do. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Yeah, I just me wanted too. to. Um, it's uh, there's lots of community in it, and I saw that you get f- online fabric shop discounts, and so and they're like to Blackbird <laughs> fabric too, which I I have spent so much you know money there, and so you get like special discounts to all these fabric uh, like. Um, e-tailers all over the world, not even just North America. Um, so that's so, yeah. Cool. And I've been liking their patterns lately. There's a slip pattern that I really like, and I want to try, they have an underwear pattern with some lace inserts. And I just thought, you know what, for a year, I'm just going to give it a try. I want to, um, you know, dive into another community. And I, I've just been, there's just been a lot of patterns I've been seeing that I've yeah. been interested Agreed. in. And, yeah. So I actually, yeah, this week I just, I signed up because they had, um, they got me in one of their emails. It was like, yeah. they were getting rid of a certain pricing plan. It was like your last chance to get, I was yeah. like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it will save me in the long run, um, you know, if I do want to order fabric going through and like seeing what kind of offers their partners have, I mean, it could definitely just pay for itself. So yeah, I did actually budget in for, um, well, I didn't budget. That's I cool. just did it. You and just did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't have any subscriptions outside of, you know, like the standard So News 
realm of things. But mm-hmm. um, the thing that tempts me that I've been trying to stop myself from doing is the um, like the subscription boxes where they'll send you like mm. a project. Oh, so yes. many good ones. Yes. That's, yeah. I, uh, I had to cancel my um, yarn one because I had so much yarn and I have don't know what to do with it because they're not like huge balls. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to like knit down some of that before I can start thinking about getting another crafty subscription. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that are like, Kate, Kate, come and use me. <laughs> um, kind of along those same lines, what about, um, well, I guess kind of related to workshops and things. What about sewing events? Do y'all, do you budget for those? We do have one um, here. I can't remember what it's called. Um, we usually go, like, we can get like a half off ticket just through our kind of professional affiliation. So it's not a huge expense. Um, but I was thinking about like, as more sewing events kind of pop up, you know, cool things like our sewcation, <laughs> that there's more that I would want to do, especially when travel opens back up um, a little bit more. So I don't know. Do you have anything, anything on your radar for that? Um, For me, I, I have only gone to the, to, to sewing like events yeah. uh, through work. Um, and so okay. I have never really had a personal budget for them. Um, but you make a good point as, as COVID hopefully dies down. Um, I would like to, there, there are some retreats and things that definitely sound interesting. And um, so I might have to start thinking about adding that to a budget mm-hmm. because that uh-huh. is something you need to budget for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, every um, sewing event that I've gone to, it's been more of kind of like an expo. And it's always been through work. And I actually mm-hmm. haven't stumbled across a lot of kind of more, you know, intimate uh, boutique sewing events. Like, we did our, um, you know, our Berta-style trips to Italy, which were more – they're not like so, – we didn't do like actual, like, sewing. It was more just getting inspired and just being yes. around, you know, creative people. But I love – like, I would so budget if there are more, you know um, – coming up with COVID dying down, these kind of more intimate and, you know, skill building, but more social, not so much like an expo hall with shut. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to go, I can go shopping. You know, I want to, um, you know, be around people who like what I'm doing and and do activities together that can, um, you know, help with actually utilizing thing that we have sewn or just talking about sewing and just, um, yeah. Just being able to talk with, you know, so minded people. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely budget for future, future, um, things like that. Yeah. I mean, there's retreats, yeah. there's, uh, expos and things like I was thinking about the sewing and stitchery expo, um, in Puyallup, which I think this year is online again, but oh boy, I went to that one a few years ago and like I had to buy another bag to bring all of my oh, really? purchases back. <laughs> yeah, because it was also like one of the only shows that I had been to that was um, really garment specific. So there was oh, a lot yeah. of garment fabric. Yeah, there's not a lot of the, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Same with I did a craft tours to London in mm. 2019 and mm-hmm. I had I brought back so much fabric um, and like I should, it's like one thing you have to budget for the event and then you need to budget for all the purchases you want to make at the event. And yeah, it can add up. Speaking of adding up the one thing that, um, I think you don't have to necessarily consider it every year, but what about machines and machine upgrades and machine upkeep? Is that something that you build into your budget or is it more of a you have a general timeline in mind of when you want to upgrade or when you might want to think about a a next step for your sewing machine or your serger. I have a, my serger is um, one from our office that I purchased, um, but it is quite old and I kind of live in fear that it is going to um, give out on me and I don't really, I don't have a huge backup plan for it. I think, so I think I'm more of a like, wait till it breaks and then figure out, you know, Mm -hmm. what to do from there. But I feel like 
there's probably a better way to approach it. They're Wait, probably- you need to maintenance your machines? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't do that either. I don't do that either. Uh, my, my machines- it's terrible. My machines get maintained when something breaks and then need to get fixed as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I think there, I think I make an exception for last year. I, I was stitching a big project and my embroidery machine was not, uh, doing very well. So I just took it in to get it maintained and, and kind of cleaned up and that helped a lot actually. Um, and for no machines, I mean, I'm using my mom's machine from about the time I was born and the surger that I was given in like 2004 and my embroidery machine was 100% a opportunity purchase because like yeah. with Amanda's surgery, it was one that was at the office um, that was being sold. And um, I'm like, wow, this is a significantly smaller percentage of the price than it would have been new. So I'm going to take advantage of it. So yeah, I, I just kind of take things as they come and maintain mm-hmm. get, maintain when I have the opportunity because something needs to be fixed and yeah yeah maybe my plan is to just have like backup machines that I can use <laughs> I feel you like that's, that's yeah. an okay plan I mean I've got multiple sergers at my house and I have two sewing machines like I've kind of got two of everything so I feel like if one goes down the other can go. but mm-hmm. but in terms of Budgeting for like a new machine, that is that is not something I do. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe it's time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people who do, you know, and who have like a regular schedule of like when they want to get a new machine and how, you know, over, you know, three years and then they upgrade. Um, the, yeah, there's probably a lot of different ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I feel like we need to also just mention that having a working sewing machine, like you can earn money doing things on your sewing machine, like um, just starting a local, um, you know, alterations, although they're not uh, the most fun thing to do, but this is something I've definitely had to start doing. Like buying all new, like sewing furniture is something that I definitely had to budget for Mm. when moving. I wanted everything. I I wanted it to function. I had a, actually from coming from my studio, like loft to this room, it actually like the square foot is actually smaller, but I need to utilize more walls and everything like that. And I needed to get like more narrow tables so I could fit more on and stuff. So I think sewing furniture is also something to consider budgeting Mm -hmm. because then it makes things a little bit more functional uh, with um, storage and all that, but sewing furniture can be extremely expensive. So I actually, mm-hmm. I went with the Ikea route um, mm-hmm. and it, it's been too. working. Yeah. Great for me, but like upgrading things like, um, like a cutting table, like th- those are things that I feel like in storage solutions is something that I always budget for. I need to, uh, my storage solution in my closet, I think needs to work, but I need to like, you know, um, yeah, I need to think of like things that I can actually sew and sell for my fabric and my like studio <laughs> budget. Like that's I think my goal I'm going forward is doing a, a budget, but that budget comes from things that I'm producing money for, um, you know, in my craft, like doing things for alterations for friends and family, maybe, you know, some contract sewing work and yeah. stuff like that. So there always is, you know, when there's a will, there's a way for, mm-hmm. fabric. <laughs> yeah, for fabric. That's my motto this, this uh, <laughs> these years. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I, I don't feel quite as guilty as I thought I would after this conversation. Yeah. So thanks for that. But I also feel good about going into the year with like a little bit more intention about it. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah. I think it's a good time for me to, to be there. You know, I feel like I, again, like I mentioned, I don't, I don't have as many garment and wardrobe needs as I did exactly. before. So I can kind of slow down, be more intentional. Um, and yeah, think about some other ways to interact with my craft other than just buying things, mm-hmm. I know, which is right? a super fun part of it. And something it, again, so like, it's, it's our, it's our materials. We're artists and you have to have canvases to work yeah. with and paints and like that's it. You don't, you don't have to justify it. So 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A way to be mindful and stay calm yeah. and like, stress relief too. Like I, you know, look at it that way. Um, taking on yeah. more tasks of just that yeah. involves sewing that, you know, um, I actually, I wanted to mention that I did get in contact with, um, the, my local team for days for girls yes. and I'm starting to, uh, pick up and do some, you know, liner sewing. They asked if I had experience using a serger. I said, Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> they were looking Who for, are you talking to? Uh, I know. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that just to spend some time in my studio. That's not using, uh, you know, um, resources, but helping and kind of fulfills that need without having to, you know, use my craft in a way that's like consuming, but you know, mm-hmm. outward yeah. uh, helping. So yeah, more of I think service. that hopefully that will help, mm-hmm. uh, my sewing budget <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break and we'll get back to it in a minute. All right. We are back. Um, Amanda had to jump off. She had something else that she needed to do. So it is just Meg and I, and we are going to do our favorite segment, the Sojo segment. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Where we talk about what's giving us our sewing mojo. So Meg, what's your Sojo? Well, I have just been embracing like comfy clothes still. I, mm. It's just, it's been cold here and I've just been wanting to snuggle up inside and sn- and and snow. And so <laughs> mixing up my sew and snow. <laughs> so actually this morning on my new series, Fashion Sewing Live on YouTube, I made our Banff Dolman sweater pattern. I use like a fleece green yoke and a sweatshirting as the body and, um, yeah, it's super cute. Now I want to make a matching pair of pants and yeah, that looks it was fun so comfy. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who's, um, watched the live, I guess this will be released later <laughs> right into some technical difficulties. I like the setup is so cool. Um, I have a camera, it's like three different cameras in the live stream. It's like one facing me, one over my shoulder at the sewing machine, the one at the cutting table. So there's like so much going on. Cords are everywhere. I was like thinking about what I would start off with and doing the software. We like plug everything to this streaming software. Then the key goes through to YouTube and you have to kind of press live. And I mean, both places I was doing it for the sketching live, but this being new, I completely forgot to press live on YouTube. And so I was talking just to myself for no 24 minutes i realized it was one like 124 it started at one i was like no one's commenting like usually i like usually amanda's in there like hey meg i was like nobody's watching me and no one and then i realized i'm sitting around and i'm having messages from ginger me like are you okay like what's going on i'm like "Uh oh and then i clicked live and i was like so it was was fun casual Um, i kept making fun of myself the whole time Well, I guess, so. uh, I guess, you know, people are entertained by messing up, so yeah. hopefully. Yeah. I mean, the whole series is about, it's just, I wanted to just have the viewers as like a fly on the wall. This is not the pretty edited end product of a tutorial. Mm-hmm. This is just me sewing. And at one point, I think my crock got stuck under my sewing pedal and it, I wouldn't stop. So oh, I had no. to sit there and stitch her. I was like, this is what happens. And then we got into a whole conversation about who likes to sew in bare feet and stock. It was just, it was so fun. So yeah, it's going to be once a month on YouTube. And um, so that's kind of going to, yeah. Um, so it's kind of just like my sojo come to life. Like what I'm feeling like sewing. Um, yeah. And I just want to plug, because Amanda's not here, she's starting her own live series called Manda Made. And the first one is on, I believe it's January 27th. And she's going to be on YouTube Live just kind of talking about, because she sews like a gazillion things, um, just talking about what she's been making, like fabrics and stuff. So just tune into that um, Manda Made on on YouTube. So I wanted to plug that for her while she wasn't here. Awesome. So, Thanks for yeah. doing that. Uh-huh. Um, as for me, I'm working on an embroidery project at the moment. Um, 
I'm all the way, (laughs) we're all the way at uh, fall 2022 in our production schedule. So I'm kind of sewing in some fall colors. I've got some nice linen and um, it's really the first time I've had time to sew very much in the past Nice. Actually, several months. And I'm just, I'm really, I haven't even taken out my sewing machine yet, but just like pre-pressing things and doing some of the embroidery um, before I begin. And I'm just like, oh, this feels so good. (laughs) It's so good to get back into it, you know? So um, I'm feeling really good about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so excited to come to Boulder. Like, I, I'm like yes. so excited, like to see you and Amanda in person. I, I just know, like it's I been cannot so wait. Long. Oh, we'll so have to go long. to the. We'll have to go to the Rio. Um, they have good margaritas. I think you'll like it. <laughs> they also have they have one in Fort Call up in Fort Collins, right? Yes, a they Rio. They, is it mm-hmm. the same? Like, it's like a Colorado. Yeah. Like, uh, is it? Yeah, it's a small I remember chain. they are. So good. Um, I remember, yeah, I went there with um, 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 some of my friends there before. And I think they don't, they have like a margarita limit. Like they're so good and strong. <laughs> you can only order two or something. I remember I, that being about. <laughs> I have never gotten to that point. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, uh, um, yeah, Boulder's great. And uh, it'll be yeah. awesome to see you again in person after Mm-hmm. Well, more than two years at this point. I know. No, maybe not. Yeah. Did we? Did I see it you was, in like January of 2020? Maybe. Yeah, that Jan. I remember because it was the, the pandemic was like start. It was kind of a thing, and it was the end of January 2020. I did my last film trip to Golden, and mm-hmm. um, and we recorded a podcast. Yeah, yes, we and, recorded a podcast, and we took and, some pictures. Some of those cute pictures. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the last time. So yeah, wow, I cannot wait. Uh, and Boulder is so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I had a friend get married in Boulder, so I got to experience it. But I cannot wait to go back and awesome. stay like downtown in like a cute, cute little hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you will love it. All right. Um, now that we're finished gushing about that. For the yeah. second time, third time, how many times? I now? know. I, yeah, it's just we can finally talk about it. And so I know. It's just so been exciting. in like meetings, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's real quick do a sew and tell question uh, uh-huh. to tie in with this episode. Do you have any tips for sewing while broke, or while not keeping keeping the keeping the cost low? Hmm. I would say, yeah, utilize, um, like getting materials and things, even within your own wardrobe. If you feel like sewing, but you don't have money to spend on new fabrics or anything, like look to upcycle something in your own Mm -hmm. wardrobe. You don't even have to go out to the thrift shop and find something to upcycle. Like look to what you have and have fun with it. If you, um, yeah, if you have, you know, something that you want to cut apart in your wardrobe, or if you, again, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, um, start to offer to friends and family, you know, jean mm-hmm. jean hems for for money and tailoring or um you know things like that is what i would suggest and what um yeah if you're sewing well you know budget budget is is limited mm-hmm. and even looking towards like if you're in somewhere where you can't go to um like as many local thrift stores, like look to Facebook marketplace. I've been looking, I've been seeing people just saying free. I'm clearing out my studio. I have all this thread, like look to resources like that Mm -hmm. too. It's a great, uh, it's a great tip as well. Yeah. I don't have any, uh, great tips if you're broke, broke, but one of the things that I did many years ago, um, was, uh, so I don't, I don't know really how it is in other parts of the country where Joann's does not exist, but Joann's always has, you know, some good coupons and good sales and stuff going on. And Mm. if you have some stuff that's not like absolutely necessary, but like stuff that you want, you can kind of wait, make yourself a list of what you want and then wait for a really good sale on that thing. Um, There was one- one time many years ago, they were doing like a 50% off sale on all notions. And let me tell you, oh, I got a lot of notions you that day. You stock up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I spent $50 and got $100 worth of notions. Um, oh, yeah. Possibly the same day, I can't remember, that's when I got my cutting table, which was also 50% off. And it's one of the ones that mm-hmm. holds down and and it rolls. And it, yeah, yeah. Those, I, I feel like if you have a place that does sales um, and yeah. you have things that are not vitally necessary to get right away, yeah. keep an eye out and look for the moment when you can find them for like a really good discount. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like bulk, like bulk buy things on sale that you know you'll always use. I'll always right. need serger cones. When serger cones are on sale, there is in Canada, I think, um, like a fabric land. That's kind of the the Joannes right. of, you know, they have flyers and, and coupons and sales and they have those notion sales. So I always stock up. I get green, black and white, invisible zippers. I just get like 10 of each and different, like you, mm-hmm. you create your own stockpile and especially interfacing. When interfacing goes on sale, oh, I'll, yes. I'll buy so much because it's so expensive, regular price when you buy it. So it's just and, exactly being smart um, right. uh, with looking out for sales. And if, if you do, yeah, because it will mm-hmm. save you money in the long haul if you, if you do a lot of a lot of sewing for sure. Right. And things like stocking up on a whole bunch of different kinds of uh, sewing machine needles, you know? Oh, 100%. I want yeah. to change my embroidery needle today. I'm like, I wonder if I have any embroidery needles. And I open the drawer and yeah. I'm like, oh, I have so many. I don't have to worry <laughs> about going to the store. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah stock, stocking up when things are cheaper or on discount, it's definitely a way to go. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like you said, pay attention to what you personally use a lot. Like right. I have a lot of black thread. Um, mm-hmm. I am now forbidden from buying any more black thread until I at least use up one of my huge spools. Um, I have less white thread, but I still have enough to get me through probably two more years. <laughs> um, so, and, and, you know, it's, I also have a lot of colors because the colors you want to match as closely as possible. And, but maybe you don't need to, I have this, uh, I have this kind of coralish fabric here and I think the thread color I've decided to go with, I'm trying to find it. Um, it's actually kind of a, a light brick red, but when I put it over the thing, it's, it doesn't show very well. So I'm like, okay, great. Plus it kind of goes with the folly theme and, I am going to do that instead of going out and trying to find an exact match to this kind of strange color fabric. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did on my, um, my sewing live. So you see like the top stitching, um, I'll include pictures in the show notes, but, um, it's like a gray, like I use gray for the construction, but I use the top stitching. I couldn't find, I was like looking at a thread and I mean, I have a zillion types of green, but this is like a weird, it's like a, pea green mm-hmm. um uh or like a mustardy pea green yeah and so i didn't have the exact thread and so just use a contrasting thread like you don't have to go out and buy like a totally 100 matching thread like right make it a design feature like be creative and um yeah i and if even zippers too if if you don't have the correct zipper like use a different colored one you know um just using what you have to is is a good uh, tip instead of going out and buying something, you know, specific. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a, you know, I would never like, if I was sewing, like if I was going to like a gala and sewing a dress, I'm like, oh, I put a pink zipper in my... <laughs> right, <laughs> I right, mean, right, maybe right. I would, to be honest, I might. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if you're sewing sort of casually and and you yeah. don't have a lot of, you, ha- you have your supplies, but you don't have a lot of extra, um, yeah. you know, go with what you got. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, I feel like we maybe helped some people with our tips. Amanda had like this whole <laughs> list. She's like, oh, I have so many tips. And then she's like, oh, and I have to go. So um, maybe we can uh, get her to put some tips in the show notes or something. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, me- I, we're, I kind of got a tip from her, like actually putting – there's something about actually creating a budget. I know like my budget, I say is zero. Like I don't need any more fabric. I need to, but that's not realistic. Like things are going to come up. So instead of just, um, you know, having the guilt of like, oh, I bought that. So I might as well blow it up anyway, you know, uh, blow the budget anyway. So I kind of in this 
in um, in this episode, I'm like, okay, realistically, let me budget like $70 a season for fabric. Mm-hmm. That seems like realistic for me and something that I could stick to. Right. And, um, and yeah, for summer, you know, summer, fall, when, you know, so I just kind of came up with a realistic number for myself. And I feel good about that. Uh, cause if I just say, Oh, it's zero, I'm on a fabric man. I know I'm going to break it. And then I'm going to feel right. bad about myself. I'm going to feel guilty. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, so yeah. So it should definitely help with that. Like putting a realistic yeah. number for yourself. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, now that we've had this discussion, like I said, I never really keep track anyway. So maybe what yeah. I'll start doing this year, since I have not yet purchased any fabric or sewing supplies this year is I'll start just keeping a record and not even necessarily budget myself, but keep a record so I can see what I've already spent. And so I can exactly, get a yeah. feel for what I spend over the course of right. a year. And then mm-hmm. I can, you know, go from there and say, this was too much. I need to reduce this, or this yeah. is a, a, this is a reasonable amount of money. We'll just budget this for next year. And yeah, exactly. Because uh, that's the thing. I don't even know where to start on a budget. Ex- yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been helpful and actually surprisingly inspiring. So I know, same. I know. <laughs> For me too. I mean, I love an Excel spread. Any any chance I can make an Excel spreadsheet, I am a happy Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> now that is something I did not know about you. <laughs> you didn't know that I love Excel spreadsheets? <laughs> I did not. No. Uh, wow. But I'm glad to know it now. <laughs> all right oh, well on that note <laughs> yes on that note <laughs> happy stitching happy stitching everyone bye for links to everything we talked about in this episode go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash so and tell if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at goldenpeakmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the sewandtell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us too. Thanks for listening and happy stitching. So and Tell is a So Daily podcast and produced by Golden Peak Media. It's hosted and produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Daisha Clay is our producer. Director of podcasts is Jared Mayer. Tiffany Warble is director of content. Kelsey Ratterman handles our marketing. And Andrea Lotz does all things digital. If you'd like more information on sponsoring or advertising on So and Tell, go to goldenpeakmedia.com. <laughs>